Well, hello to all of our late night maniacs staying up late with us. At least if you're on the East Coast, we're closing in on 1 a.m. We're so happy that you're here. We're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful anyone is tuning in right now to the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. Sean Rossap is out tonight. He had uh, dental surgery. I was going to make some joke about him trying to get taller or something. I didn't really have anything. It's late. If it was earlier, I would have been right there with it. But we're so thankful to be joined uh, by my co-host, Maxwell Jarrett Bailey. How are you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, unless you are deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, or let's face it, poor, my name is Jarrett Michael Bailey, and I am the fastest rising star in professional wrestling media. Started out True Heel Heat Wrestling, then went over to Fightful Overbook, and now I'm here on Fightful Wrestling just to prove to all of you that I'm better than you, and you know it. Kiss the ring, Kate. Wow. There we go. <laughs> well, we hope you're not too poor because we hope you're going to get in those super chats. We hope you're going to get in those Humper Chats. If you're not familiar with Humper Chats, head over to HumperChats.com. Works very similar to your good old Super Chats, but Fightful gets to keep a little bit more of the pie. I know it's a little bit of a like funky setup over there, but it really does help us if you are able to figure it out. And please leave a thumbs up on this video. Weirdly, not everyone is staying up till one in the morning Eastern Standard Time. So if you give us that thumbs up, it helps people find us in our algorithm. <laughs> so uh, we are going to get started with <laughs> AEW Rampage. It was a more eventful show, which actually doesn't say much because I didn't feel like a ton happened. But we know you guys like starting with Rampage better, and it's already 1 a.m. We're not going to wake you wait any longer. I love how this show started. I don't know about you, Jared, but I thought this was one of the best matches I've seen Butcher have. I don't know if it's because he's looking working alone, um, but I just I thought this was a hell of a way to open. Yeah, no, it was really good. I'm glad to see Butcher back. I mean, he missed a lot of time because of a hand injury. Um, and they really played into that uh, story with uh, him and Darby. Uh, he just beat the living hell out of Darby, though, didn't he? He just threw him around like a rag doll. There's no one better in professional wrestling today that like makes getting the hell beat out of them look so good. And is just so willing to take, you know, crazy bumps that, like Darby. So, yeah, um, I'm glad that Butcher got, you know, a little bit of that spotlight. Um, I think that him and Blade are kind of one of the more underrated tag teams in the division that kind of get forgotten about, but they're both really good. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed uh, him getting that spot. The finish was kind of surprising. We don't see too many countout finishes, especially in a in AEW. Uh, so uh, the coffin drop on the outside uh, to to get the win was nice, and that sets up a, a match next week, a tornado tag match, which is going to be hopefully really awesome. There were, and in typical Darby Allen fashion, definitely some insane spots in the he takes suicide dives. Extremely literally, my favorite part of this match was when he went to go hit that coffin drop and Butcher just caught him. It gave me Samoa Joe walkaway vibes. I really love super logical wrestling. So just a really, really fun collision of styles here, in my opinion. And you're right, it's an easy setup. I thought this was a great way to be like, how do we keep the attention of fans who are staying up this late watching our product, but we can't give them any crazy debuts or like any huge storyline develops because it's going to be a smaller audience. So why don't we go out there and just try and kill Darby Allen? Always <laughs> seems to be an effective game plan. I thought it was so, so, so much fun. 
Thank you guys so much for getting in those super chats and humper chats. I know it is late at night. Um, we do have some that we want to kick off. We have Mark Quill chiming in via humper chat saying that he apologizes for not being here live for the late night rampage party. Woo woo! Hopefully everyone can keep this adrenaline in his absence. Enjoy the weekends, folks. <laughs> keep cool, Gabagools. Thank you guys so much. You guys are so great. Um, Chris Mueller Doc, who's just an incredible Twitter follower and oh my guy, the, the best dude at Bleacher Report, saying J A double R E T <laughs> or double T. It's so late, but here we are. There you go, Chris. I made I made sure I made sure he said that I needed to get a ring to really lean into the gimmick. So uh, I made sure I wore one just for him. It's true. And you know what? I appreciate your authenticity with that. We really appreciate that. We have Ryan the Hater Sullivan, of course, one of my co-hosts on the Mark Order podcast on Wednesday saying, odds are I will fall asleep at some point with you two playing. Don't be insulted. I'm an old man. I will be insulted and you are an old man. Uh, and Jake Salazar saying he looks like Austin Gunn and MJF had a baby. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, it's not the worst have, thing that could be said. I will definitely, uh, I'll take that. There's a lot of people you don't even, I mean, I take that even just over Butcher or Darby Allen, to be honest. So I, I would take that as a compliment, if anything. Mm. Um, we also have an off topic super chat that I'll just clear out of the way right now from Big J coming in via Humper Chat at humperchats.com. Very <laughs> off topic, but FTR versus the Briscoes at Supercard. Are you kidding me? Finally. What do you think about this? I think it's the perfect solution. If they don't want to do this on television because of the Briscoes, controversial, like, Pat, I shouldn't have put that in air quotes. It's definitely controversial. Sure. Uh, their controversial history with some anti-LGBTQ comments and other things. This seems like a great solution to me. They've already teased the match. Why not do it at Supercard of Honor? It makes so much sense to do it in Dallas when there's already going to be so much hype there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you know, they already had their their face off. Uh, what was it back in? Oh, the final Ring of Honor show before the hiatus, right? Um, so, uh, when FTR showed up. So, yeah. That final battle, which ended up yeah. being the finalist of battles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been we've been hoping that we would get this match for quite a while, even before then. But, but yeah, uh, doing it at Supercard of Honor, it makes sense. Uh, you know, obviously the Briscoes have been, you know, one of the faces of Ring of Honor for a long time. So, uh, having them do it there, I mean, it's a match that everybody's really wanted to see for a while. Very much looking forward to it. We also had someone chiming in saying that he thought that Y2J was not so great on commentary, that he was really rough on commentary tonight coming in from the Hound. I personally actually thought this was one of his better announcing performances. I'm not into the yelly stuff, but I felt like he made a lot of good points tonight. I like when he posts that, points out that we have square ring posts in AEW and how much can hurt. And going back to this Darby Allen and Butcher match, I really liked him pointing out when Darby was locking in the joint manipulation of his hands, how much that would also screw with him being able to play guitar. I thought this was a better performance from him, but he is definitely polarizing overall and even more so on commentary. I actually like his insights into things. It's just the delivery that sometimes I'm like, dude, we're coming in late night. I don't need you yelling at me. How did you feel about Jericho tonight? And how do you feel about him overall? I think I'm just over Chris Jericho right now. That said, like, I can't root against him next week because I'm not giving up the fact that I'm not going to root for John Silver. I'm going to stick to that narrative that I'm just not a John Silver fan. Um, <laughs> but 
he did have one spot tonight on commentary that made me laugh uh, during the uh, Red Velvet Layla Hirsch match where uh, he said something like, you know what her shirt says? And Stark is like, legit? And he waited like five seconds. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that part, that made me laugh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's up and down with Jericho. He's a polarizing guy. You, you either love him or you don't. But, hey, wherever they go, whenever he comes out, people are going to sing Judas. That gimmick is single-handedly keeping him over. <laughs> and so um, it's... It's a weird place to be, and I'm tired of hearing him say sports entertainer. That's I know that it's supposed to piss us off, but it's pissing me off. <laughs> See, I actually kind of have liked this more recent rendition of him because who's a bigger heel to AEW fans than sports entertainment? I Correct. think that's smart. So, But I get it. For some people, that's kind of like <laughs> teetering on go-home heat, but his ability to adapt to things like that is how I think he's had such a long career. But we did have a super chat coming in from ShotKid29 saying, Darby Butcher alone was worth staying up for. This was a really great opener, and they gave it an appropriate amount of time. The collision of styles was so fun here. He also adds, also FTR and the Briscoes, it's happening, it's happening. I know a lot of people have been salivating for that match. We moved on to a promo from American Top Team. I love Scorpio Sky. I feel as though he should always be in the fancies, as you called it, on Fightful Overbooked. You came in basically an Ethan Page cosplay. Uh, That's my but, guy. Uh, <laughs> he's the, I love Ethan Page. I love Ethan Page. Huge Ethan Page fan. Um, but this was kind of the first time we've gotten to see Paige Van Zandt like, in a backstage segment, I feel like, really get to speak for herself. I liked what she said. I thought it was kind of a good base to lay as, like, I'm a babe, I kick ass, and that's what I'm here to do. Not too shabby, and I loved uh, Scorpio here, our moderator, Luis, who's organizing all of our Super Chats for us at one in the morning because he's amazing. So give Scorpio all the belts. Uh, What did you think of this quick promo that we got? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that Scorpio seems to be getting kind of this delayed push that we thought he would get last year after winning the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, But yeah, um, I saw somebody tweet. I can't remember who it was. Uh, say that Paige is already better at promos than Ronda Rousey, which popped me. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I love Men of the Year. I love Paige. I, you know, I know that people get rubbed the wrong way by Dan Lambert. That's fair. I mean, he's another polarizing guy, um, but he gets he gets the heat that they're looking for. And uh, you know, once Ethan Page comes back, I don't know where he was this past week. There, um, he might have tweeted about it actually, but um, I, I didn't see it. Uh, but yeah, no, love the the Scorpio promo. Paige keeping it pretty simple, like, yeah, I'm good looking and I'm going to kick your ass. Perfectly fine by me. Before we change the subject from Ethan Page, I do have to say this because he's making me make bad financial decisions and spend money. Because I, <laughs> I, I watch his toy vlog and I saw this Red Hood figure yesterday and I couldn't not buy it because it's my favorite Ooh. Batman character. So thanks a lot, Ethan Page. You're making me make bad financial decisions. I got Batman nails. You can't really see uh, them. Beautiful, setup, beautiful. But they're pretty red. Um, they are on my Instagram. You can go check them out there. Uh, so Ethan Page just encouraging us to spend money and to cosplay as him on Fightful Overbook. We'll take. I it. will always cosplay as Ethan Page on, <laughs> on Overbooks. He's got he's got a great uh, sense of style. He does. We have Jake Salazar backing me up on this. I may be alone, but I absolutely love Chris Jericho doing the sports entertainment thing. Honestly, he does it better than the company who is sports entertainment. I love Chris as a narcissistic douche. There were some things that I really appreciated on Wednesday. I don't want to get too off track here because 
we started at 1 a.m. and we're trying to keep the train on the tracks. But yeah. I did love him being like, we're using our real names, Chris Jericho. Like, <laughs> things like that popped me huge about that. And we're going to see Daniel Garcia de facto, I think, to this yeah. Danielson and Mox thing. And the other two guys in 2.0 are such characters. Like, I actually feel like this could be a really good situation. So, and Jake Hager desperately needs him. Um, (laughs) Jake Hager Hager is the walking embodiment of the word thud. He... (laughs) (laughs) I knew inviting you on here was the right call. Oh, my goodness gracious. He's, like... He's kind of like just like Donkey Kong to me. Like I don't get the appeal. <laughs> I don't find him particularly charismatic. He's just kind of this big dude swinging he's, around. He's about as charismatic as a bowl of oatmeal. That's right. That's how I feel too. Not for me. Um, but we do move along to legit Layla and Red Velvet. Um, there were a lot of things that I actually ended up liking in this match. I feel like Red Velvet can sometimes be inconsistent. I actually like that Jericho pointed that out on commentary. He said sometimes she overshoots the moonsault, but this one she nailed, which was true. I like pointing that out when you see growth from someone in the ring, not to dunk on them. So I thought that was good. He also pointed out the differences in their physique where Red Velvet has those long legs and legit Layla is kind of built the opposite. She's much um, more like athletically built, which I I love her. I think she's such a, a great talent. I loved them jumping this from the beginning because this is a personal feud. It's not for a title. It's not for a contendership. This is just that these two don't like each other. So you want to jump someone before the match in that case? I'm all for it. Uh, And we do see Layla go for her cop out, which is to expose those turnbuckles. And Chris Statlander interferes. Velvet hits an awesome corkscrew and uh, knocks Layla out for the win here. This was really to capitalize on the heat that Layla and Velvet had a couple of weeks ago, and then also to move the momentum of this Chris Statlander and legit Layla feud. I thought that was the best women's match on the Revolution pay-per-view, so I'm all for running it back if these two aren't going to be doing anything else. What do you think of this? Yeah, it was good for Red Velvet. I mean, she's been on like you know somewhat of a role on the, on the YouTube shows, so it was nice seeing her get a TV win. Uh, Chris Statlander, give her all the titles, please. My goodness. Um, she's been a different animal since coming back from injury, man. She's been so great. Ever since the title match that she had with Britt, she's just been elevating and I'm loving that. So good for Chris Statlander. Um, and then obviously like Layla has been really good since turning heel. I mean, she's a very sound technical wrestler. We know that. Um, so yeah, I mean, all three parties look good and, uh, that's all you can really ask for in a, in a, in a segment like that. So uh, good for Red Velvet getting a win. Chris Statlander is a badass, and we know that Layla Hirsch is as well. So uh, all in all, good stuff. If any of you are listening out there, all right, I need legit Layla on Team Taz. It just makes too much it sense. It does make sense. She would be perfect for it. We're getting more Super Chats of just about the polarizing <laughs> nature of Chris Jericho. I'm seeing this. My goodness. I love this. Jake Salazar chiming back in saying, don't forget my big boy daddy magic, Matt. I <sighs> loved him saying, like, we don't use cheesy names. We use the real names. Big daddy magic. What Matt. did he call Angelo? Like, uh, I can't remember, stupid. but they were so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Um, Chaka 29 timing back in saying Jericho's line of sports entertainment being about pairing young talent. That, that was funny. That was but, funny. Yeah, see, there's some good stuff in there. I'm liking this turn from Jericho. 
Um, and Mark Losper saying, Chris Jericho's sports entertainment thing really pisses me off. Also, can't hate Dan Lambert. He gets the reactions they want. Makes sense. Look, oh, everybody has different definitions of what's go-home heat for them sure. and stuff that they like. Dan Lambert hovers on go-away heat sometimes with me. Um, I think that people are starting to come around to him a little bit more ever since, like, the whole thing with Brandy, just because people were tired of Brandy. So they were, I mean, we from that show, I mean, they were cheering Dan Lambert, and he was saying horrible things. That's just how much they dislike Brandy. So maybe people are starting to come around to it. Like, I know sometimes it's not for me. Sometimes it is. It just kind of, it's heaters. Christopher K. Jericho bringing sports entertainment to the world. He sure is. And more love for Chris Statlander. Dope to see Statlander changing her character and that they are continuing another women's feud. Layla deserves screen time. She really does. Thanks for chiming in, the hounds. I agree. Um, Chris has just been on a, another level and i love to see it i also what do you think of them getting rid of the the alien gimmick i'm for it because i think they need some i like characters but i think right now this women's division needs reliable workers that feel rooted in reality so bad that i i, I kind of like them ditching that i like her being on planet earth but keep the boops please keep the boops Keep the boobs simply because when she did it to Danhausen, I thought I was gonna die of laughter. That <laughs> killed me. So, but yeah, no, I like the fact that she's kind of ditched that. She came out in all black with like a little bit of war paint over the eye. That's completely fine with me. Love it. As do I. We have an, a name for cool hand. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. How great. Doc chiming back Ooh. in saying, hear me out, Layla with Regal Danielson and Mox. I Absolutely. Want I think I want that more than Team Taz. I kind of want her on Team Taz. I want that to be fantastic. Serena. I want Serena Deeb back with Oh, her. my goodness. Yeah. Right? Oh. Just like Lady Bret Hart. I'm all that day with that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yes. So we'll move along to QT Marshall's promo, inviting Hook to get a certificate. Speaking of, of go away heat, QT Marshall. <laughs> I like QT Marshall. Oh my God, you and three other people. Jesus. I know. Well, there's a lot of things that me and three other people agreed on doing, like watching ROH before it got bought. I was one sure. of them. Um, QT, I just, I think what I appreciate is not what he's doing on screen as much as he's such a reliable hand. He makes everyone look good. Like I think he's perfect for filling in the gap of somebody who could just put people over, eat losses without it really affecting too much. Uh, we have Josh Weaver saying, I need hook to hook up with QT's mom <laughs> and like a Stifler's mom from American pie scenario. And I need it now, please. Josh Weaver bringing the heat at one fifteen in the morning. Eastern. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sounds like it's horny hours for you, Josh. Jesus. Look, please. <laughs> Look, I review NXT. That's all that they have is horny hours. Everybody's oh, making out with everyone. At least we like cleared the midnight mark here, but um, not a lot. Like for... after dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a ton for me uh, on this, but I just think Hook running through kind of that faction of like a go go and Camarado mm. and stuff. I, I think that's good. I think there's something to be said of like that's an easy way to build up wins and to do it either on dark or rampage um it doesn't necessarily have to take a ton of tv time but we'll get the eyes of people enough of like the hardcore fans i guess to continue to build hook like i, I really like the rise of him they put him with people of different styles and experience levels and i think it's 
it's been great for me. What do you think of him running through this stable and this little promo that we got here? You know, I was notorious and SB3 ripped me for it, but I was so anti-hook before he started wrestling. Um, and then like he just got so unironically over somehow people just fell in love with him. And well, he was really fucking good, it turned out. Yeah, and then it turns <laughs> like, out he was so well, smooth that, in the ring. That was the thing. Like everybody, like he was there for so long, and all he did was stand there and eat chips. And I was like, who gives a damn? Like it's Taz's kid. And then when he started wrestling, I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, I've very much come around to Hook, and he's he's fantastic. So, yeah, I do love this whole, you know, run through this little faction of, like you said, the Agogos, the Camarados, QT. Um, and eventually, you know, I think it'll lead to – eventually he's going to be TNT champion, and then maybe in two years we'll get, you know, some sort of main event of, like, Darby, Hook, Sammy and Scorpio in a fatal four for like the AEW world title. I think that's what the ultimate goal with all these guys is like Scorpio's on the rise hooks getting, you know, uh, risen to the level of the TNT title eventually. And then, you know, in a few years, once uh, all of these guys are, you know, superstar status, we'll get something like that hooks well on his way to that. Yeah. And I think the FTW belts is a nice diversion in the meantime. Mm. Like it doesn't actually mean anything in the belt lineage, but it's just such a good prop and would mean something more to him because it's his family than it would ever mean to Ricky Stark. So I think is ready to move on. We got some more super chats coming in and saying people want to talk about Chris Jericho. So whether you like him or hate him, it works. We're making money off of him. So, ah, oh, thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't this whole sports entertainment gimmick have a weird voodoo mafia energy? Old WWE guy yells at company that isn't going to acknowledge them. I think it's a little bit more AEW centric than that. I think he just knows he sees what's out there. He sees this tribalism stuff. He sees people saying that he's burying talent, which I personally don't agree with because like he put over orange Cassidy in a vat of a mimosa. Like (laughs) he is there to do that. Yeah. Um, So I get that he's like polarizing. I just think he sees the tribalism out there and sees that AEW is such haters on WWE and said, Hey, no, it's a really great way to be a heel right now. <laughs> be the antithesis of the reason people yes. watch our product. So, and not to mention the fact, like, he very much played up in the feud with Kingston. Like, I am the big one. Like, if you beat me, then you've made it. And that was the entire thing of that. It was like, yeah, Eddie hadn't won, you know, a big pay per view, big time match. So he put over Eddie, he put over guys like Orange Cassidy. Um, and even he's with, messy. he knows what he's doing, you know, yeah. and he, and he very, he tried very hard to put over the likes of like Ethan Page and Scorpio sky and that mini feud that they had with mm-hmm. uh, the inner circle a few months back. So yeah, Chris Jericho, by no, I don't recall him since he's gotten there burying any young talent. Yeah. And Scorpio sky was his first loss. If I remember correctly. So. Yeah. Uh, Mark was from my side. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. See Marshall's awesome. What he, at what he does dude rules. I think that's what it is. It's the what he does part that he's very good at. It's not that I love what he does. It's I love the role that he's filling more than anything. And Josh Weaver saying, had to close my birthday out on a good note. You chose to close out your birthday with us effing maniacs. You are so cool. We love you, Josh. 1.20 in the morning. Happy birthday, Josh Weaver. Happy birthday. Um... Our claws for chiming back in saying there's only one dull dude with a long entrance screaming about wanting to be acknowledged, and it's not Jericho. 
I hope I'm, I'm gonna. I already started the petition, but change Cody Rhodes' theme to the American Nightmare by Ice Nine Kills yesterday. Ooh, all right. I'm into that. I'm very into that. We also have Chris Reigns popping in via Humper Chat saying, I got to give props to Jarrett's MJF. It's definitely not mid. <laughs> no Skyline Chili here on the late night hangout for the <laughs> AEW Rampage SmackDown post show. But we will move into the House of Black versus Fair Country and Fuego Del Sol. Our moderator, Luis, saying, I howled when King clubbed Fuego. Dude. Fuego got his <laughs> ass beat, my friends. He got punched out of the air. He got kicked out of the air by Cody King and Bud Matt, respectively. I got to be honest. I love this match. I love the story in this match. I think you could easily run something back with Bear Country. I like that they're giving Brody King big guys to go against, like Redbeard, like the guys in Bear Country, who I would love to see on my television more. I think they're so great. But I feel like this was such a great example of what this triumvirate could do. I think you saw Brody King shine tonight. Bud Matthews is just one of the best at selling in the game. So good. His, his strikes are so vicious. Anytime he's kicking anything, I'm like, that looks like it would legitimately hurt. So uh, we have Chris Reigns also saying, give me trios titles and put them on House of Black. Absolutely. Oh, I would love to see that be a huge reign. I think the trios titles are going to be used to settle this um, Red Dragon, Red Dragon the elite, the elite yes. situation initially. But I Once think, Kenny comes back, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But I think House of Black is going to have them for a very long time. I think Malachi Black has been basically perfect since walking in the door. And trios are a really, really great way to elevate mm. him. What did you think of this match, a.k.a. Fuego got his ass beat, Matt. It was so fun. Like everybody, I think everybody popped it when uh, Brody just clobbered him with a forearm. That was beautiful. My God, that uh, was great. <laughs> um, but no, there was a few. Like uh, I think it was uh, Boulder who took a few good kicks. He took a flying knee from Malachi. That looked really good. Uh, all of these guys are just really good with you know leg strikes and whatnot. Malachi and Buddy especially. Uh, Buddy's uh, finisher popped me. My goodness gracious, that was, uh, I don't know what it's called. You're, somebody's going to have to tell me what that actually is called because I don't know the name of Bud Matt's <laughs> finisher. Um, but he, it looked so good when he did it to Fuego. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that Bud's getting a chance to shine uh, with uh, House of Black. He did really good in the, uh, um, the pre-show, uh, the pay-per-view, uh, that match that they had against uh, Death Triangle was really good. So uh, I'm loving everything that House of Black is doing right now. I want to see them continue to be pushed uh, and uh, taking on all of these, uh, continuing the story, first of all, I guess, with, you know, Penta and Death Triangle and everything in pack. Um, but yeah, this has been very good. That match was awesome. Uh, and seeing Fuego, uh, damn it, I have to praise Jericho again because <laughs> before, the match even, before the match even started, he was like playing over Fuego. He's like, what's he going to do, you stupid idiot? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so I don't funny. Normally love him on commentary. I thought tonight was one of his better performances. Yeah, he did do good. Some value add stuff there. But you were not the only one who loved this match, and I was not either. We have Ali Dan chiming in saying that House of Black in the vulgar display of power comment from Excalibur. I love a little metal with my wrestling. Me too. Also, someone please check on Swago for 
real. Bron Wagner must be from my Tuesday night show because with a handle like that, I know you're trolling. We got <laughs> Buddy needs all the belts. I love Bud Matthews. I always take when like he's been on the moment to just put over Sean's interview with him. He was so vulnerable and Sean had such a good conversation with him about how um, his booking in WWE really affected his love for pro wrestling and how he kind of wasn't sure anybody would care about him when he left. I love seeing him succeed in this role. He had such a natural story to walk back in. So if you haven't listened to that interview, I think it was his top one last year. So if you're hanging out with us at 1.30 in the morning, you very well might have. <laughs> but go listen to it. It was so great. We also have Mark Losper chiming in saying, Birdie King's anti-air on Fuego was amazing. Anti-air is about the best way that you could describe that. The Hound chiming in saying, the finisher by Buddy was incredible. Josh Weaver saying, Fuego should have known that bears and fire don't mix. That's a very fair point. Um, we all know that I fought a bear. That's how I got the scar that's on my lip. It definitely wasn't my dog biting me because he got scared by the vicious predator of wind. I fight bears. That's a uh, shoot. Uh, and uh, as Alex said, I am also a knife kissing champion. And it was a training injury. But bears and fire don't mix. Smokey warned us all. Sturman Norm saying Kenny won't be back for a while. Hot potato the trio's belts until... He returns. I'm ready for trios belts between the LAX reunion and House of Black and, uh, you know, Jurassic Express is technically a trio. Like, there are stables that could definitely use this. Um, so I am all in for it. And we have a general. Speaking of Jurassic Express, so my roommates, I'm starting to get him into wrestling and he loves Jungle Boy. And uh, we, you. Yeah, every time he comes out, he, he's just a big fan. We were watching it. We were watching Dynamite on Wednesday. He just starts laughing. He's like, Jungle Boy looks like a pilgrim. And that popped me. <laughs> Holy hell. It killed me. But yes. Did you tell him whose son he is? Because you can't unsee it once you see. No. What? Son. You don't know? No. He is. Um. Oh, my God. Luke, what's his face? His son. Chat, help me out. I can't remember it. I'm sorry. Luke Perry? He's Luke Perry's son. Yeah. No, Luke he's Perry. not. I, I can't had, believe I got to do this moment. <laughs> I actually someone. didn't know son. that. Oh yeah. my god! And now you won't be able to unsee it, but I no. didn't know either. Yeah. Holy yeah. hell! Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah. You're right. I can't. I can't unsee it. Jesus! It is freaking wild once you like put two and two together. So. Yeah. No, I did not know that. <laughs> Luis, who's moderating our super chats and is so great typing it out for me. What a guy. <laughs> Not only keeping our chat straight, but just making me look smarter. Uh, Fear and Loathing in New York City saying, Happy Friday, Kate. Hello, new guy. New guy is Derek. Hello. Go, go follow him on Twitter. He's so wonderful. Uh, saying, CM Punk closes out 2022 as a trios champion. Who are his partners? I don't He's know. He's only got two friends in the company, apparently, so it would probably be Sting and Darby Allen. It seems like it would be, but I know in various interviews, he said he's just been like making up excuses to pitch him and Danielson uh, together, but I don't I, see him. And we know he's friends with Mox too, because that was his surprise partner for the tag match with FTR. I'd be very okay, okay like turning Punk kind of like tweener and putting him with Mox and, and Danielson and giving them a few young guys. That'd be great. That would be, yeah, that would be fantastic. Though I think he's going to be on a singles champion run for a little bit i do too um 
Louis saying in a perfect world, Mustafa Ali and some other Chicago wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So moving on, we also get a promo from Penta here. Not a ton to write home about, but what did you think of this quick promo that we got? Anything that Penta and Alex do is gold to me. They're great. And not, I've become such a big fan of Alex because I watch the toy hunt vlogs that he's on with Ethan Page. I'm putting Ethan Page over so much every you time I do a Fightful are. show. That's my guy. Um, so uh, I've become a ginormous fan of him. Uh, it was actually, it's been, he tweeted it out maybe a few a week week and a half ago that it's been a year since he joined them so good for alex um yeah he's been so good because like penta can give promos and just his normal like you know spanish passion get get his point across rather than you know doing it in a way that he might not be as comfortable and having alex there to translate like that is the perfect dynamic or like perfect example of wrestler and translator that you could possibly have they're great love everything that they do I, I in general prefer like if people have uh, a native language that they feel more comfortable speaking, speaking it because I feel I like they, when they don't have to, and I can't even imagine translating something in your head and delivering a promo, either one of those alone is hard enough, but I find that the passion translates super well. Um, so I, yeah, I'm <coughs> definitely with you on that. We have a, uh, a Maxwell Jarrett Bailey promo schedule <laughs> for Dynamite. Do we? Uh, oh, yes, we do. Not me. Not, the actual. Yeah, okay. Continue. <laughs> I was kayfabe, bro. I was I'm sorry. I, I broke kayfabe, yeah. <laughs> I did. He would be so disappointed in you. He would be. <laughs> he. By the way, he would roast the absolute hell out of me. I'm such an easy target. There's so much to Stop. go at. I didn't even go with Jeremy's Twitter DMs gimmick i was trying to spare you that but if we're bringing up mjf roasting you i feel like that's what he would go after oh 100 tear it on the apps but we get keith lee versus max caster to close this out uh we get anthony bowman saying we ain't afraid of your king henry the eighth sounding ass what a line <laughs> that bowman me is around here a lot he came up in the indies in in the northeast and in new jersey absolutely love him uh my favorite thing about like his trajectory and his career path is that wwe literally forgot to sign him um they genuinely forgot to extend him a contract sean told us that on air one time and my jaw was just dropped the rest of the episode because it just cracks me up but this was a really fun match this whole episode we just saw people getting swatted out of the air like continuously we see Swerve coming in at the end. Uh, we have so much love for Swerve. We get super chats about it all the time. Like Reese Power, who said, man, Swerve is so effortlessly cool. Yep. He is, yeah. <laughs> Chris Reigns chiming in via Humper Chat saying, everyone loves Keith Lee for he is limitless. So let's bask in his glory. He looked great here. I just love seeing him feel comfortable and at home and getting to work in the style that he kind of like, I feel like got over in NXT that got stripped away from him on the main roster. And now slowly but surely it's settling back in. Mark Lossifer saying, you know who is great? Keith Cleveland Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't a bear cat. I promise you that. What did you think of this match? And we'll talk about the shenanigans after, but what did you think of the match itself? The Bowen's I can't get over Bowen saying the, the acclaimed isn't afraid of your King Henry the Eighth something ass. Uh, it was so funny. Uh, Bowen, like, 
I understand that like Max Caster has been largely looked at as the mouthpiece of the acclaim, but Bowens has done so well recently in, in helping get himself over, really. Um, so I love Anthony Bowens. Caster looked really good in the match. Um, every time Keith Lee does that leapfrog, man, it is so, so brilliant. Um, so, no, it was a really well-done match. I think both guys looked really good. Um, that furthered the story, you know, uh, Hobbs came out and had a little bit of a stare down. So we kind of got that progression with him and, uh, and team Taz during the match. So I, I like the match a lot. Uh, I'm starting to come around it. Like I've been very outspoken about like not being completely in on Max Caster and uh, like think, you know, I like Bowens a lot. Still not there on Caster. The more I come around, like listen to Max Caster, he's had a few little hiccups with a few, like, Tone deaf rap moments. I mean, he did the Duke lacrosse thing and then referencing Putin. Didn't like that. I got to understand that he's young, though, too. So I'm um, coming around to Max Caster a little bit more as time goes on. He's really good in the ring. Um, and yeah, I hope that the acclaim keep getting these shots because they're both very, they're extremely charismatic. There's no doubt about that. Um, so we'll see how they uh, can continue to rise up the tag ranks. And who knows? Maybe they'll each get, you know, a few more of these matches could give them, you know, uh, small singles pushes. Definitely. And I agree with you. It's a little tricky of a line to walk because you don't want to do something so vanilla. It's boring because that's right. the gimmick and you want to be edgy, but not too edgy. Yes. So it's taking some time to find out where that line is. But sure, they're they're getting there. I really liked this. What did you think of the shenanigans after we had Swerve coming down? We had Team Taz coming down from the announce desk. Kind of got a gang wars feel, but always that made sense. Um, I thought this was a fun way to close out the show. And when you think about the live experience that they had Thunder Rosa going over and then had to start Rampage, yeah. I'm kind of cool with just like emptying a box of people that like, <laughs> pop the crowd. That people like. been emotionally exhausted at that yeah. point. So you got to keep the live experience in mind too. Swerve is just like so immediately over. And oh my goodness. They, yes. There were reports saying that they see him as a crossover star and he definitely has that level of charisma. I kind of love that happening reese powers chiming in also saying also swerve's theme just fucking slaps yeah yeah it does there's very um it's just very apparent that he has an incredible handle on every aspect of this business from in the ring from how he presents himself to his promos to how he can expand his footprint outside of the fundamentals like what an incredibly skilled wrestler and what's funny to me is I said this a couple times, like out of the WWE releases, there were a lot that were question marks, but I was like, man, he, I feel like is so what they were looking for mm -hmm. in so many ways. He fits perfectly in AEW, but I feel like he just understands how to deliver into the sports entertainment side of things, mm -hmm. but also into the pro wrestling side of things. What an incredibly versatile talent. So what did you think of, um, the shenanigans after him, what do you think of Swerve since he's shown up here? Yeah, no, I think you said it perfectly. Everybody was just drained from Dynamite. They're just like, all right, send out Swerve. Send out the Hardys. Just give them people that they like. Make them pop. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no. Uh, Swerve is, I mean, you said he's just so effortlessly cool. And uh, anytime he comes out, yeah, I mean, he's just naturally, like, he's one of the few guys, like, where when he talks, it doesn't sound like a, like he's, like a like a promo it just sounds like I believe Swerve when he talks. Um, so every time that he's on screen, I'm happy. And if it uh, if it leads to you know, and you mentioned the gang warfare. That's always 
been the feel for AEW. There's so many different factions. There's so many different alignments. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if this goes somewhere with, uh, you know, Swerve and Keith Lee somehow teaming up, that's fine with me because both of them rule. Um, <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, anytime Swerve is on my screen and Keith Lee is on my screen and they're together, that's beautiful. Hell, yeah. Catch me ever saying everybody says there's the acclaimed. That's true. Everybody and loves a- the acclaimed. So true. Uh, and Jake Salazar timing back in, back to our trios conversation. Hear me out. Mox, Danielson, and Regal versus Taz, Hobbs, and Starks for the custody of Hook ladder match. <laughs> oh, custody on a pole match. Uh, well, you said it. If Keith Lee and Swerve link up, that's going to be incredibly entertaining. But I, if I was an opponent, would not want to be anywhere to be found. And I think that the best way to be nowhere to be found. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but mini health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Is with NordVPN, and Sean Rossap is going to tell you all about it right now. I started to travel a lot more for work, which is why I'm not on this show right now. And there are little things that I'm discovering when I'm on the road, like... I can't watch SmackDown unless I'm live at the hotel because YouTube TV tells me I'm out of my region. Fortunately, NordVPN.com slash Fightful can help, and it helps me watch a lot of shows that I would normally miss because they're region blocked in my area. It helps me get better prices on a lot of pay-per-view stuff. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can also use that code Fightful, and you're going to get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose here. 
with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amount of entertaining content. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It has made my life a whole lot easier, especially on the road. Check us out. Use that code Fightful at NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Uh, we thank uh, Jarrett for being with us, and uh, we have someone new joining us, and that is Jarrett Butch Bailey. Uh, welcome to the show, Jarrett Butch Bailey. How are you tonight? I miss being Pete Dunn. <laughs> I know that's right. Guys, before we swing, swing into SmackDown, I know it's late. We appreciate how generous you guys have been. Um, please get in those super chats, get in those humper chats, and subscribe to Fightful Select, would you? Because uh, there's a bit of a new story that broke this evening about this Cody Rhodes fella uh, going to WWE. It does look like he's officially signed there. Sean is trying to get confirmation on top of confirmation, but has a lot of details about what the process has looked like so far. Subscribe to Fightful Select, $5 a month. If Sean was here, he would threaten to date all of your moms if you did not subscribe. And I know who he is. And Sean works really, really hard. And if you don't think just because he's not here tonight, he's going to try and go date your moms, he absolutely is. So if you don't want Sean to try and date your mom, I think he would be very nice. But, like, let's just keep marriages intact with your parents. You know what I mean? So subscribe to Fightful Select at FightfulSelect.com. If you want to be cool and join like 6,400 something other people, you got to do it. So uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to fly through SmackDown. Why? Not a lot happened. And it's 1.40 in the freaking morning. So we do have Butch with us. It's an honor to have you here, sir. Uh, please get those super chats in. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about Cody first. My lasagna saying adrenaline in my soul. Push the butcher, Cody Rose. Well, we got Bush in the house, that's for sure. Uh, we also have a WWE overall related uh super chat from Shotkid29 coming in saying unrelated, but Mustafa Ali's tweet makes me hopeful for his near future, even if it ends up being blind optimism. Hashtag free Ali. There is going to, I think, be a point where they're going to release other people. They're going to release Elias. They're going to release people post-Mania, I'm sure. Um, but if they do that and don't release Ali, they're going to have, I think, like a, a much more heated blowback than they've had so far from stakeholders that they don't want to piss off. Uh, what do you think about Ali? Do you think he's going to get out of this contract earlier than than two and a half years from now? I'd assume so. He tweeted something out saying that once once I get this all sorted out, I'm beating all y'all faves' ass. Well, <laughs> let's hope so. I believe you, Ali. I hope he does. I mean, everybody wants to see him get out of that whole situation. Um, I, I think a lot of the uh, Jeff Hardy interview with uh, John Alba on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Um, Such a great podcast, by the way. Put it over love, all day. Love John. Um, so... 
I think that a lot of people were saying, well, if Jeff didn't do that and would have just requested his release, he'd be in the same situation. Um, so yes, very similar to Tony Storm. She just up and left, and they were yeah. like, "Well, we've See been ya. saying budget cuts. Like, what are we supposed to do?" So. Exactly. So I, I hope so. He seems pretty optimistic about it. Um, so hopefully, it does get resolved soon because uh, he's a fantastic performer. I would love to see him tear up the indies uh, if he wants to go to AEW and they have mutual interest, which I'm sure they will. Would be okay with that. Impact. I don't care where he goes. He's going to tear it up. Yeah, he is a ridiculously talented hand. <clears throat> Mid Moon saying Cody is back home. Oh, you're searching for the late night heat, and I like it. Kate is number one. Is that Louis Dangor's burner? <laughs> it must be. It I love must Louis. be. I love Louis too. Josh, we were saying fly through SmackDown like Brock on that forklift. We gotta talk about the 20 minutes that this segment took up. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> I have loved Cowboy Brock. I have yeah. very much enjoyed uh, Heel Roman. This shit needs to end. This is getting so old. This is incredibly cheesy beginning with uh, the psych out text to Paul Heyman about whether Brock was going to be there based on weather conditions. I don't know who was swerving him, but you got to be a little smarter than that, Paul Heyman. And a baby face trying to murder someone, multiple people, three people with a forklift, a little much, in my opinion. I also don't think we needed another 10 minutes of him coming out to the ring with a piece of his Toyota Tundra, which we would later see get advertised. <laughs> like the most durable truck in the world to me. But um, what did you think of this opening? I, I've liked this storyline. I'm ready for it to be over. And I just felt like 20 minutes for this opener was way too long. Yeah, like I like chicken parm but if i have it nine days in a row i'm gonna be like okay give me something other than chicken parm please god <laughs> this storyline is the chicken parm i'm so tired of it uh i think everybody like this is the 800th iteration of roman brock now granted it's by far the best one um but it has just been so just milked of any sort of substance that i care about um and you know, unifying the titles at Mania—that's great. Um, I, I just, I'm over it. Let's just get it done with and see what happens next. It does seem <coughs> that in our late night energy, Mark Losper has found a loophole, saying, "Wait, Sean is going to date my mom. Do I get partial ownership of Fightful?" Yikes! Mm. Yeah, you're going to have to. I think they would have to be betrothed. I'm not totally sure how that that's works, true. but you can date oh. my mom, Sean. My parents are divorced. Oh, look at that! You can't. Are you subscribed to Fightful Select already, though? Yeah. But, so you don't even have to, like, throw your mom in as a sacrificial lamb, my goodness. No. I'm sure, I'm sure Sean would treat my mom well. I'm a Steeler fan, though. I put over his bangles, though, in my columns. So. That's fair. It's kind of hard not to. I'm in, in the same boat as you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark Osborne also saying, I'm really looking forward to the moment when Cody is feuding with Madcap Moss that he realizes on screen that he's made a horrible, horrible mistake. Look. Don't tell Joel Pearl that. Uh, don't don't talk to Joel Pearl really <laughs> under any circumstances. If you can, I'm kidding. We love Joel, but he keeps pushing this IC title Madcap Moss narrative, and I don't like it. Control your narrative, Joel Pearl. Oh, um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I think Cody, Cody knows exactly what he's doing and what he's getting into. I don't want to sit here and pretend to know what's best for him. 
I do not like the creative direction of the product right now, but if he felt like what he liked about AEW was creative control and he was like, I'm just going to be a pawn in someone else's game, I might as well go make millions of dollars doing it over there. God bless him. But I think, um, you know, I'm, I don't know what we can even expect because there's been times where those organic moments that have felt really cool have panned out and there's been times when they haven't. So it's uh, just so weird that a guy who spent the last like six years just absolutely dumping on a company would go immediately right back to him as soon as he leaves the other company. It's just odd. So odd to me. It, it is weird to me for sure. Um, and I, I just, there's no way I could ever trust that. I wasn't going to be basically polka dotted, right? Like his dad, like I, I would have yeah. no trust that that weren't the case because they're doing that to talent that they're trying to develop. Never mind yeah. someone else that they would have a grudge against. But sure. Josh Weaver also saying, as long as, oh, sorry, my super chats are skipping around a little bit. I think we already <laughs> read that one. Oh no, there we go. As long as Ali doesn't start controlling his narrative, we're all good. I think quite possibly he has slightly different values than what they're pushing over there at the CYN nation. But Brock trying to murder the bloodline, cutting his promo with a truck door in the ring. Uh, Josh Weaver saying the Toyota Tundra, just stay away from Brock Lesnar. That is uh, a hell of an ad. Not going to lie. I know it's because it's also 10 of two at night. We have no super chats about any of the specific segments. And that is, an indicator which is nice because we can fly through this but like that is indicative of the fact that this road to wrestlemania has been so weak and it's kind of not surprising after the royal rumble uh that we got so because we're just going to be able to dive through this pretty quickly um what are your thoughts overall about this wrestlemania card i'm very frustrated because we've seen every iteration of this title picture of every title picture as far as the main ones go and they've never really done anything over the past year to build up the mid-card or the tag title. So it's either something I've already seen before, so I'm not that interested, or it's something that they haven't put an effort into, so I'm not that interested. Cody versus Seth is the only thing I'm remotely yeah. interested in, really, um, outside of some matches that I think will have good in-ring acumen. But what are your thoughts just kind of overall about WrestleMania? No, nah, man, I'm not too excited for it. I... <sighs> I'm like, what's the word? I'm embarrassingly excited for Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, because I love Johnny Knoxville. Um, but <laughs> Look, he uh, laid in those forearms during the Royal Rumble. I can't exactly, exactly. Sami Zayn has just been knocking this whole angle out of the park. Yeah. I, I am a huge, huge Sami Zayn. Fan. As am I. Anything that he's given, he turns to gold. And, uh, and look, I mean, if there's any celebrity that'll let you know Sammy work a little bit of a strong style it's Johnny Knoxville who's not afraid to take a bump so I mean yeah we'll see I think that'll be fun um the uh, raw tag title match I mean RK bro has been the best thing in WWE for a while um so I mean I'm, I'm intrigued in that um and then yeah Cody Seth those are the three that I really I care about everything else I mean I'm, I'm a Pat McAfee guy I mean the whole gimmick is that I'm not Pat McAfee uh so I'm kind of interested in what he does uh, with Austin Is Theory. that why you've been in clever disguises today? That's why you've been butching MJF. You don't want to just be the not Pat McAfee guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, do you remember uh, when uh, Lance, I think it was Lance Storm. No, it was Charlie Haas, who just pretended to be a bunch of other wrestlers. Uh, it was like <laughs> 2008 or something. Uh, the great Charlie, when he came out dressed like Kali, and he did a, he did so many other things. It was oh, it was great. But yeah, I think that's where I'm at right now. It's just uh, that Charlie Haas stage. 
that's a very, very fair place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Losper is saying, Kate, because my bets go so famously well, $50 that Cody has starred us within 12 months. But I'll put that on my calendar because he lost uh, a bet about Britt Baker still being champion on the pay-per-view after Revolution. And he made good on it to Alex on Tuesday nights, which we appreciate so much. Um, thank you for donating that money. We do feel like we can trust you. It's uh, <laughs> Tora Norman saying, it's late and I'm a little toasted, buddy. It's 10 of 2. Why wouldn't you have a drink or two with you? Thanks yeah. for watching SmackDown, so I don't have to. We get an alarming amount of those. How long after Stupendous Mania will Cody be chasing the 24-7 geeks? Yikes. Um, you know, I think if they're smart enough to pay him what they would have to pay him to exactly. get him there, they are going to at least initially put him in <coughs> meaningful programming. It's more what happens when that burns out. Like, what is that going to look like? So I don't know what that timetable looks like. I don't know if they hold on to him for the extent of his contract. I don't know if this company sells to Disney in the time that he's there. Like, I I don't even know what WWE is looking for. I'm not convinced that WWE knows what they're looking for because it seems like outside of Roman Reigns, they don't really have a plan. And even with Roman, I don't know who's supposed to dethrone him anymore. I thought it was going to be Braun Breaker, but he just lost to Dolph Ziggler, so who knows, but... I was talking to someone and they had said, you know, we got sick of Roman being shoved down our throats as a face and it's not too much longer until people are going to be sick of him being uh, shoved down our throats as a heel. And buddy, we're turning that corner. So. Correct. <laughs> um, Mark Lossifer also saying maybe Brock tried to murder the bloodline because he's sick of Roman's entrance. I, <laughs> I, It's not justification for murder, but if I was with that company, I would certainly certainly understand uh all right let's dig into this for no other reason than because we have to nakamura and boobs versus los lotharios um i don't understand it with rick boogs he i have not seen anything more than a military press being something that is exciting about him what are your thoughts on the match and also what are your thoughts on like this is legitimately they're going to put over rick boog so hard at wrestlemania um what, <laughs> like one of the best tag teams to do with the usos what are your yeah. thoughts on the match that we're seeing in front of us and what are your thoughts on the match for wrestlemania i mean he's clearly over like he's the like most stereotypical wwe guy ever like uh, just a weird over the top gimmick. Like the fans are really into it during the entrance and whatnot. I mean, they chant with them. And as soon as Shinsuke comes out and he starts playing the guitar, they're really into it. Uh, but yeah, in the ring, I it's, there's nothing there for me. Yeah. He, he, he can lift somebody over his head. That's fantastic. Um, other than that, there's nothing there. I love Shinsuke. I wish that it's pissing company. They've so royally <laughs> screwed up Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, goodness, my computer's dying. I'm going to plug it in. Get to the next segment. <laughs> you go ahead and plug it in. We might be done with SmackDown by the time you get back. But uh, <laughs> Josh Weaver chiming in saying, I keep thinking it's late because you guys saying 2 a.m., but it's only midnight now in Utah. You are cheating <clears throat> time zones, but you are lucky, lucky steps. Um we will move along to the Viking Raiders and McIntyre versus Jinder Corbin and Shanky. Drew looked really impressive in this match. Tell us in the chat uh, what your thoughts of this match were. 
But while Jarrett is plugging in, it's late. We'll break some rules on Super Chat. Oh, okay. Well, it appears Kate left, so that's fun. And now I'm split down the middle. Oh, goodness. Sean's going to see this and be horrified. We're back. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, good. What happens is if you go to click a Super Chat, if you just make the slightest motion with your trackpad mouse, you back out of the whole damn thing. So, ah. actually kind of worked out because now you're plugged in. I'm back here. We're talking about how Drew looked really impressive in this match, but this match doesn't mean anything to me. Drew McIntyre, you say? Drew McIntyre, I say. This is for you, Drew McIntyre. I don't know if you All for you. But that sword is actually named after his mother, Angela. I don't know if they mentioned that more than 900 times in the past month. (laughs) Yeah, they uh, they definitely do that a, a, a good amount. This match happened. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't know you've already set up McIntyre versus Corbett right so I don't know what the Viking Raiders versus Jinder and Shanky really have to do with anything the what only- the hell? who the hell's Shanky by the way who is that his name Shanky Shanky Shanky, Shanky and Veer for a while uh and as you know Veer is coming yeah he's edging at this point <laughs> We can say that. It's 2 in the morning. My dad's not watching at 2 a.m., so it's fine. Um, I don't know. What <laughs> What did you think of this match? Do you have any thoughts on this match? There was nothing really for me to dissect here. We already know what's coming down the mountain at Mania. I didn't yeah. think this really did anything to move anything in one direction or the other. I don't think the Viking Raiders versus Jinder and Shanky is, like, a thing. One so Direction. I I think I'd rather talk about One Direction than talk about the. I mean, I love One Direction. Jared, you light up my world wow. like else. You wasted zero time with that. By the way, that's not even a top five One Direction song. I've got uh, so many One Direction songs in my in my Spotify playlist, and there's so much. So I'm not going to get into One Direction though. Um, yeah, the, I'm fine with if we do. Um, Everybody, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know my absolute disdain for Baron Corbin. Um, not necessarily the person, but just his WWE character and how it's been. It's just so god-awful. Easily the worst thing on every show. I cannot stand Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss and this whole damn group of misfits and unlovable losers. God damn it, I hate WWE sometimes. For shoving this down my throat. Um, but yeah, no, this didn't do anything for me. Um, Drew, I love Drew, and I wish that they would do something... He's he's fighting Happy Corbin at WrestleMania in a match that nobody gives a damn about and a feud that nobody cares about. And he's so good and it's just so frustrating that we're doing Brock Roman for the upteenth trillionth time rather than giving that spot to a guy like Drew who, like, granted, yes, he had quote-unquote a WrestleMania moment, but it was in front of nobody. I would love to see him be able to get some sort of coronation in front of a full crowd after a big push. Hopefully he gets that... Uh, you know, relatively soon because he's easily the best face on SmackDown. I agree. <laughs> when the brand split happened, I was so excited for Drew because he had run through everybody at Raw. I thought this was going to be so refreshing. I thought he was going to be positioned as like a top contender to possibly dethrone Roman. And it's just been a giant joke since he's come over here. We talk about it week after week. It's Sean always says too, like, it's not just that they're <laughs> such bad wrestlers in or characters in wrestling he's like they're two of the worst characters on any television show period right now like it is bottom of the barrel with this i feel bad but 
that's where we're at. I'm also adamantly opposed to having Madcap Moss and Rick Boogs in back-to-back segments. I feel like they're too similar and they're both too juvenile sense of humor wise to hit me over the head with it like twice in a row. And I find that they do that a lot. Uh, Mark Losper chiming in. Thank you for your chats tonight because we would have nothing else to talk about right now. But Boogs is the latest in the WWE prediction production line of giant stiffs who can't work. Stick him with Omos and Aziz and drive the company off a cliff. It's tough. I mean, they love these big guys. I feel like with Omos, it's really tough because unless you are going to put him with Malcolm Bivens, like, I don't know what you do with him next. If AJ Styles can't get you over, I don't know what would. Nobody uh, will. Manager with a personality would be great, but he still can't do anything. So I don't know what is helpful there. Um, I wouldn't wish that upon Bivens at this point. I think Diamond might just doing well. They won the Dusty Cup. So I think that would be better. Aziz has shown time and time again that he kind of falls into that same category. I think the good thing with someone like Braun Breaker is... <coughs> Like he is also their dream guy, but he has a personality and can work. So hopefully it's like they lean in the direction of guys who are big and can work because there's plenty out there just like that. There are women who are hot and can work. So um, you can have both. It's pretty incredible. Josh, we were saying you mean the Claymore from Vince's office. Yeah. Yep. Vince's office, the giant Vince's office on <laughs> or just such weird um, juvenile kind of stuff. So we're going to move along. Uh, we've got Liv and Rhea versus Sasha and Naomi and Shayna and Natalia being added to the tag championship match. Uh, this I actually thought from a ring perspective was some of the best stuff that we saw. In Fantastic that. match that they end in a DQ. That they, of course, end in a DQ. Thank you. I was just going to say. Um, it's so frustrating when we see great ring work get undercut by these terrible finishes. <coughs> Liv and Rhea, considering how short of a time they've been working together, I don't like this carousel of Rhea tag team partners. I find yeah. it frustrating. But they worked really, really well together. Rhea's uh, vertical suplex that she just leaves hanging there for 10 minutes always looks mm-hmm. so impressive to me. Um, Liv has really, really grown over the past year. I thought it was great. My gripes with this match are the ending. Yeah, And, you know, (laughs) for an angle that has just gotten so much heat as it looking racist with uh, (coughs) Sonya Deville just hating Naomi, for her to say that one team deserves to get their ass beat and one team doesn't, uh, and that's why Shayna and Natalia are being added to this women's tag championship match at Mania. It just, like, it just looks so racist. And if you don't give a reason for why she hates Naomi so much, the default reason is going to be that it's racist. If they don't go out of their way in any way to justify the real reason or dismiss it, it just looks wildly racist. And now you're adding Sasha into that mix. It looks more racist. So um, I just feel like we do need to keep pointing that out. I actually feel like it's kind of a responsibility of ours, even at 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning at this point, because if we don't continue to call that out, this kind of stuff slides and it shouldn't. And I think it's a really unfair position to put Sonia in after what she's been through in the past year. But it just looks really, really bad. I'm sure I 
was in and out of sour grabs before this, but I am very confident that Alex went on a very vivid, verbose rant about it because he has been calling it out, as he should, a lot. Um, but overall, I thought the match was great. The ending sucked. Shayna and Natalia being added is fine. I just don't know... I don't feel like everybody needs to be included in WrestleMania. I thought WrestleMania was the platform, the stage for your most important storylines, not for all of your storylines and to include everybody. And it's just like, how many singles people that we aren't using are we going to throw into this mm -hmm. catch-all when you don't have any tag division for the women? It's just been like, it was annihilated by all of the releases. So your thoughts on the match? You loved what was happening in the ring. What are your thoughts on them being added and kind of what this tag division is overall right now? It sucks. All of it. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, like, uh, I feel bad for Sonya Deville because I'm sure, like, she's genuinely, like, a good person, but her on-screen character sucks. Um, this whole story of Naomi's, like, gone nowhere since, like, what, November? Like, it's been going for so long. Um, so, I don't know. Everything about it just isn't good. I don't need to see Natalia and Shayna Baszler just thrown into this. Um, yeah, it's kind of haphazard. Yeah, it's just so dumb. I do love... Put every title on Liv Morgan. My God, I love Liv Morgan. Ugh. She is great and has grown so much. And uh, she's babe, let's be honest. Quite honestly, yeah. Quite yeah. Uh, Mark Lasper saying you're clearly forgetting about the excellent reason they've given of some BS about being fake make character vibes or whatever, Kate. Yeah, when Charlotte Flair is literally out there calling herself the opportunity, I don't buy that. But we do get to swing into a segment that I'm glad you like because it's not for everyone. But I love Sami Zayn so much. Mm -hmm. And I am actually kind of digging this thing with Johnny Knoxville. Someone I hate that said, I love it. <laughs> I, I, it's the same thing where I'm like, I don't like that they're making this work, but it's kind of been like magic. And I just, if I could eat that magic up, I would do it with a magic spoon mm -hmm. and it would be filling and it wouldn't be carbohydrate filled. It would be protein packed. And Sean Rossap is here to tell you all about something just like that. Cameo. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Rossap. I'm not here physically on the show right now, but I still wanted to tell you about how I'm starting my day no matter where I am with delicious Magic Spoon cereal. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories per serving, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. It is the ultimate breakfast food. It's the ultimate snack food, and it's the ultimate food for me to take while I'm traveling, quick, easy, all the flavors you love, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffle, cocoa, fruity, frosted, all over the place. That cookies and cream and maple waffle are back permanently. And if you go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Use our promo code Fightful at checkout to save $5 off your order if you don't like it. They are so confident in their product. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund your money, no questions asked, if you don't like it, but you will. It's perfect before, after workouts, as a snack. And my favorite thing about it is you get filled up with one serving. It's not running back and forth to the cupboard to get more, racking up those carbs, racking up those calories. Magic Spoon 
dot com slash fightful use that code fightful guys thank you so much for sticking with us thank you to butch for sticking with us and joining on late tonight we appreciate it we're making our way down the home stretch please get those super chats and humper chats in subscribe to fightful select there's going to be so many details coming on the cody situation and him signing with wwe you've got some more super chats a professional segue right here listen even at 2 a.m., your girl still got it, okay? It's more fun when we get to do it about dick pills, but I could do it with Magic Spoon. <laughs> Why not? Chris Mueller, hanging out this late. You're just the best, Jesus, man. Chris, go to sleep, homie. Guy. <laughs> he is in a different time zone, though, so he is cheating a little bit. No. Making up cheat codes. Sami Zayn is a cheat code for making me life stuff. He just gets everything over. Yeah. He really, really does. I've loved him as a face. I love him as this conspiracy theory heel. I miss his old uh, theme, but like him getting was... sort of like doxxed even has cracked me up, even though I'm like, I don't know if we should be encouraging people to do that, but it's just been hilarious. I would love him to have another run as a face because he's so just lovable. And he really is. I would love to see him be a face again. It's been too long. So we find out that this match is an anything goes match. I don't know how many different terms we can have for like no DQ yeah, or unsanctioned or straight fight. Like we can stop making them up. I my only qualm with this is, and I guess Zane is the one who's supposed to be kind of an idiot here. So him putting himself in this situation makes sense. But I feel like this is just a huge advantage for Knoxville, and it would it's weird that Zane would suggest something like this because this is all in Knoxville's court, but. I think it was the right thing to do as a stipulation for this match. I am looking more forward to this than I care to admit because I feel like it's been properly built. And now that it's an anything goes match, which I was kind of assuming, I think that Knoxville just doing crazy shit and taking oh, yeah. bumps is actually going to be real fun. So do you have anything to add? I hope they just go batshit crazy with it. Like, I want all the guys from Jackass involved. I want a giant human slingshot where he just launches Wee Man at Sami Zayn. <laughs> I just, I want this to be like the comedic relief uh, that that the night needs. Whatever night they put it on, uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the match I'm most looking forward to. Which is embarrassing to say about WrestleMania that I'm looking forward to Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville more than anything. It is somewhat of a bummer we're gonna clear out some super chats left over from AEW that got in a little bit later and then we'll come back to pat mcafee's promo but we have storm and norm saying shout out to psu and srs's stunt double stay juicy hey you stay juicy out there buddy we love you uh chris rain saying uh going back to the trios question punk and ftr managed by bret hart I would just cry every Wednesday. I think I want Dax Harwood to be able to. You have remember when you remember when you home. brought up dick pills that I. <laughs> you wouldn't even need your Bluetooth. No, I would. But if just you do, be... you can use the code Fightful and just pay five dollars shipping, and the rest. Goodness is free. gracious, <laughs> that would just be that would be the most penis tag team. Uh, oh. Uh, pe- oh my what god! What a hard dick tag team. Yeah. It's two a.m. We get to say things like yeah. Freeze power. Saying Max Caster versus Swerve in a rap battle. I'm sure we're getting that. They're actually like working really hard to develop the music stuff. Like it wasn't just the one concert and the one project. Those were not one-offs. It seems like they're really diving into this. Mikey Ruckus is a legend. Um, so I bet we'll I bet we'll get like concert proper stuff, and I'm sure we'll get some sort of rap battle on air. But 
Mark Losper also saying Swerve is launching a shoe line. The dude is an absolute master of this game between wrestling and rap. Like, of course, the shoe He's launching a shoe line? He is. And you know what? They're going to be so cool. And I'm going to buy them. And I'm going to open them. (laughs) And I'm going to be excited. And I'm not even a sneakerhead. I just know they're going to be cool. Yeah, I'm the opposite of whatever. Whatever the opposite of a sneakerhead is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know anything about sneakers but i know they're gonna look cool and i'm gonna buy them my, my wardrobe is dressing like a vampire with like chelsea boots and a lot of black <laughs> and occasionally like ethan page saying, i know it happened wednesday but since she wasn't on that post show i'm paying five dollars so kate can talk about thunder rosa winning the title mm-hmm. so i'll very quickly so that we can get out of here sometime today tell my thunder rosa story which is pinned at the top of my twitter profile but Basically, she was doing an autograph signing in New Jersey. I was probably going to go, but wasn't sure. And then I heard her on Talk is Jericho. um, And she just talked really honestly about um, how, like, she got really depressed because when she was a social worker, her emotional well was just always dry. Keep in mind, she was a social worker in Mexico, and she was just seeing kids die all the time. Like, what a brutal thing. And talked about how wrestling was such a relief from that. Um, and also talked about being a woman and how hard it was to start something later in life because of your look and like feeling like you're playing catch up and always feeling like you missed the boat. And it just like hit me in a place where I needed to hear both of those things really bad. So I was like, I'm going to the autograph signing, but so that I don't make a fool of myself, I'll write her a note and then I can contain all of my feelings in this envelope and it'll be fine. And then I got there and she made me read the note out loud because they were filming a documentary. So I just was bawling my eyes out. She was so sweet. I saw her over a year later at GCW and Hammerstein. She remembered me. She took a picture with me. She like followed me on social media. And I just, I have so much love and respect for her and what she's done. And also just a huge fan of what she does on screen. But that's my little Thunder Rosa story. I cried like huge tears <laughs> like not like oh she welled up like just disgusting um <laughs> so i i love her thank you for giving me that moment chris to tell my story because i am just thrilled for her and she's such a such a little ass kicker we love it um louis saying swerve is releasing an exclusive wrestling boot and they hump god he's just the coolest mofo wow. ever so Pat McAfee gives a promo. The amount of matches that we have and how similar it was to uh, Rampage is ridiculous. There were only, I think, six matches on this whole show over the two hours. But we do get this promo from Pat McAfee, who I feel like keeping him behind the microphone is a waste. You're eventually just going to have to have this guy either as a full-time competitor or a manager of some sort because he is better than half promos in the locker room right now, I fear. Um this was fine. He was told he should come out and apologize because his dream ever since he saw WWE Raw when he was a kid was to do this. And Vince McMahon said, you were mean to Austin Theory and you should apologize. Um, and he said, I do apologize that you suck, basically. Um, <laughs> so just like a fun turn, sarcastic. This is just moving a story that I don't care very much about with Austin Theory around. I did like that he said, I'm sorry that I was basically the one who got you over because it's kind of true. Yeah. Like, I uh, I just, I have no interest in Austin Theory and I have more interest in Pat McAfee and it's supposed to be the opposite. So do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I love Pat. Um, his whole promo was great. He said, Is it just because you are him? 
I mean, that might have something to do with it, that I'm basically just a smaller version of him. Um, but he said, I love professional wrestling. And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that's sports entertainment to you, Pat. They're not going to like that in the back. No, um, Jericho was like, I got you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, when he was just like, I apologize that your parents raised a douchebag, like stuff like that. Oh, was so, so good. Like he's instantly like the fourth best promo in WWE, like unironically, like Edge, KO, Pat. Like he's, I put Sammy up there too. Sammy, yeah, Sammy as well. But he's he's in the top five, which is sad because it shouldn't be that way, but it is. So yeah, he's great. Uh, Everything that he's he's brought so much life to SmackDown. He's brought so much life to Michael Cole. It's just nice to see Michael Cole actually happy. (laughs) Yeah, he's like having fun after all those years of being trapped with Lawler. And I think. To be honest, like it's not even my favorite style, but because SmackDown is in so much need of life right now, like I've grown to appreciate it so much. Yeah. It's like that's not even the type of announcing that I like, but SmackDown's such a dry product that I am all for it. Yeah. So we'll move along to Kingston and Holland. Then it's our main event. So if you have any final super chats, humper chats, get them in. We do have a humper chat that came in from Joseph Snurk saying that he's still laughing at your Jake Hager, Hager thud comments. No, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. That's going to be one I get to take to bed with me and laugh at as well. Um, <laughs> Mark Lossmer also saying, Edge said, mountain of omnipotence. He is disqualified from your <laughs> ranking that's of fair. Uh, promos, which that's is also fair. fair. Uh, Kingston versus Holland. I, you know, my only issue with this, and it's a big issue, so I guess I shouldn't minimize it, but like they were kind of half in and half out of this world of what happened with Biggie. They showed him getting dropped on his head yeah. again, and they were saying like how vicious Rich Holland is, but then that it they kind of came out of kayfabe with it of saying like he it was apologized. an accident that he got hurt. He apologized. We want to make sure you know he did the right thing. You just can't play both sides of that fence. And I have very mixed feelings about him picking up Kofi Kingston at all in this match. Because, um, in my opinion, he just shouldn't have been on screen this week. I understand probably the want to go find your footing again. But even if you were going to put him in a match, there's no reason that Kofi Kingston should have been picked up. That is like a, a scary spot right after what happened to sincerely one of your best friends. Um, and I think it's unfair to put Rich Holland in that spot too, to be completely honest. Like he had this horrific accident and they're making him find his sea legs immediately the week after that seems ridiculous. So, um, the match itself was fine. There was definitely a point where Holland had him up there that I feel like I saw Kofi Kingston's face be like, hell no. And he Mm. countered it and got down. Um, and then we see your boy, Butch, uh, (laughs) shame is running back down the ramp after they were, kicked out from ringside um i was just too distracted by the real life events from this and i i was honestly checked out on a lot of this match because it was fine from what i saw but i was just so distracted by the fact that they kept half selling what was going on and i just thought that was a really bad approach it was a bad approach um they could have easily just kept rich holland off tv for at least this week and just put uh kofi in a match with sheamus or i'm not calling a butch with pete dunn (laughs) Um, or just anybody else uh, on the roster. But yeah, uh, the entire thing, by the way, at the end, or maybe just even throughout when Dunn's just like, 
marching around trying to get it reminded me of like a 1940s like high speed like uh movie or like a cartoon or something where he's just like marching around and having to like constantly be contained it was so dumb um but yeah the entire thing didn't do anything for me i mean kofi's great we know that um no none of this was good yeah and it was just weird that he was rectifying he was out there to fight to rectify a situation that they were half acknowledging it was just yeah awkward footing yeah um mark was for saying rich holland should be off tv plain and simple i'm not going to pretend that i know how to evaluate someone's skills in that regard to me it does i agree like it feels very rushed but if you are going to have him work it just feels like kofi kingston should not be put in that situation in my opinion I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I've never been inside a ring. So um, closing out the night. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you to my amazing co-host for jumping on here at one in the morning. We were initially looking for someone on the West Coast. You answered the call, my friend, when I DM'd you. And I appreciate I that. Um, the Charlotte Flair promo and the kendo stick spot. Oh. Uh, I don't know how many times we can call Ronda Rousey a pony. It feels weird. Um <laughs> And calling her a one-trick pony would be a little more effective if she didn't constantly beat ass with the one trick that she has. She put women away for years with the arm bar. For years. I do appreciate that it's a real narrative. Sean and I talked about this last week that people in the MMA world were also saying she was a one-trick pony because she was winning with the arm bar, but she kept winning with that one thing. Um, so... I appreciate that it came from somewhere organic. It just doesn't really work uh, when she was constantly kicking people's ass with it, in my opinion. Like, if you are constantly winning with your one trick, it seems like that one trick is pretty freaking lethal. So, um, I don't know if, like, this feud has done it for me. I think that the match will be very good, but I just don't care about whether or not Ronda Rousey is going to be able to um, also do an ankle lock in addition to her arm bar, which takes women out constantly. So just nothing really on the bone for me right here. I think the match will be good. And I also just, they keep pushing this thing of like that Charlotte doesn't tap out to people. And we can all recall her tapping out in the bank statement because it looked so fucking cool <laughs> um, As and plenty of other instances. So they just like kind of have been very inconsistent all over the place with this. What have you felt about this build into Mania? And what did you think about this ending with the kendo stick and the promo that we got from the opportunity Charlotte Flair? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty outspoken that Charlotte just has ginormous go-away heat with me. Um, again, that's not a shot at her as a person. It's just when she's on TV, I want to change the channel. It's nothing that... She hasn't had like a storyline that I've cared about and I don't know how long... I'm not a big Rhonda person either. Like she's just very bland on the mic to me. Uh, so yeah, this whole thing, I tweeted earlier. I said, I could not give less of a fuck about this. Like <laughs> this is not, I'm not going to watch them. It, it, it probably will be a decent like in ring performance, but I, I could not care less. Wish I did, but I don't. Yeah, I get that. And I feel like so much of it has just been Charlotte's been so overbooked. Like it's, it's very just burnout. So. And it feels like they keep stifling Sasha. I'm hopeful that this means Bailey is coming back if she's doing this tag thing with Naomi. But I feel like Sasha has clearly been the star that people have been interested. Mark Losper chiming back in with us saying, 
In a mania that includes a casino millionaire versus a Scottish guy with a sword, this is the worst built feud on the mania <laughs> card. I there's a lot of competition for that man. Like there, this has been there's so much of this build. They talked about this on the Raw post show too. Has been like, well, now what's my path to WrestleMania? Which is just the laziest cop out that you can. Uh, oh my see. good, a two night show. A two night show. How am I ever gonna get on this thing when yeah. there's twelve people left on the roster and we're filling two nights? Like they're really gonna put Happy Corbin on on Mania and not Seth Rollins. I'm sure that that's <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Exactly. Josh Weaver Club is us out saying Charlotte is the mountain edges sitting on right. What a perfect way to close us out at 2.23 in the morning. You guys are so great to us. Yeah, I mean, this is closed the show. This closes out our night to you um, before we get to plugs. Any other thoughts kind of going into Mania? I'm, you might very well be on another Fightful show at this point. We keep calling on you. But mm -hmm. what what do you want to leave the people with, if just in case that you don't have another time to voice your thoughts on what we're about to see in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean... I really, I want it to be good. I do. And I'm sure that most of the in-ring stuff will be okay. Um, but just the stories around it, you know, for being a company that says that they put, it's clear that they put stories before the wrestling, they're doing a pretty shit job of doing that. Um, so there's a few, like I, like I said, there's a few of them that I genuinely want to watch. I want to watch Sammy versus Johnny Knoxville. Um, I'll watch the, the raw tag match because RK bro has been fantastic. I'm sure the stuff with uh, the Street Profits will be really good and uh, Alpha Academy. Um, and Seth and Cody, yeah, that'll be great. Look very much looking forward to that. But outside of that, not a whole lot. Like, does Ricochet even have a match yet, by the way? We do need to talk about this, and especially with Scott Hall passing, you would think they would do some sort of intercontinental yeah. ladder match type thing. Um, he is. I think one of the more notable IC champions that I can think of, the fact that they put the belts on Ricochet for him to not have anything. I'm wondering no. if there was like a contingency backup plan where it was going to be Seth and Ricochet if Cody fell through or whatever, sure. but they definitely like it's a mid card title and you're not even, it's not even booked for, no. for WrestleMania in the two nights. Is so the U S title. Uh, yeah. That'd be fit and priest for that mania. Right. Yeah. That should be yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be into that. And then AJ Edge, too. So, I mean, now that I think about it, there's, like, in-ring stuff that'll be really good. Yeah. Um, but there's some stuff on here. It's just, uh, it's brutal. And to go from stand and deliver to white night one to night two, it's just, like... That's a brutal, a just, uh brutal stretch. That's a brutal stretch for that many poorly built stories, but... <laughs> I don't know how we can thank you. I certainly couldn't have done this alone at one in the morning. Thank yeah. you so, so much for joining us. Oh, I can't no believe how many of you have joined us this late at night. I, like I'm looking at the number and it's like gross and amazing. How many of you <laughs> stayed up with us this late? Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, at Jay Bailey NFL on Twitter. So yeah, if you guys don't know me, I'm a football media guy who just happens to really enjoy wrestling and is friends with a bunch of people at Fightful who let me do this. So uh, <laughs> I do have to, I do sincerely, like I tweeted about it, but I do have to thank like everybody who, who's kind of accepted me into this, by the way. Like Sean's been super cool letting me come on these shows. Jeremy's really accepted me. You've really accepted me. Chris, Louie, SP3, just... Everybody in like wrestling media has been really nice to me um, since I like started talking about wrestling publicly on Twitter. 
Um, so yeah, it's been really nice and I appreciate that very much. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm able to do stuff like this, even if it's at two 30 in the morning. So, uh, <laughs> I do appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate you jumping in here, hanging out on Fightful Overbook. Go check us out. I kicked his ass. Was that just yesterday? Uh, two days was that just Wednesday. yesterday? No, that was Wednesday. I was going to say, yeah, ago. sounds about right. And yeah. We did pillar to post, which is our version of around the horn, uh, all we were trying to do was make sure that Louis Dangor didn't win, which we were successful in doing. And that bastard beat me. <laughs> he did beat you. He did not beat me. I told my Jeremy. bad tag boys tag team partner. That's right. Back. I uh, I told Jeremy I would have called him sexist if he put Louis over me, but uh, <laughs> Red retained. Check out Grab City tomorrow. That's going to be in less than twelve hours at this point. That's in like ten hours. Um, we boy. are. Pumping out content for you. Go over to Fightful Select and find out more information about Cody as well as constant updates on contract news. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much for hanging out this late. And for those of you that are normal and catching this tomorrow, please go and review this at wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a thumbs up on this video on YouTube. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Follow me at Miss Kate Fabe. You can catch me on Tuesdays with Alex on Sour Graps doing whatever the hell we're doing after NXT 2.0. That gets out of control. You can catch me Wednesdays at the Mark Order Podcast and Fridays back here, normally with Sean Rossap, but not the 2 a.m. crew, baby. We got Jarrett in the house. Thank you guys so much and have an incredible rest of your evening. Sleep well, my friends. <laughs>